So some of you, when you think about a church choir, might think of something like this. Or maybe some of you think of something like this. Right? Church choir, Danielle. <laughs> but today we want to talk about what does a biblical church choir look like? Right? So that's, we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit. So we can see where the word choir comes from. It happens 55 times in the book of Psalms. And some of those songs were written for choirs to sing. So that would be a choir maybe that would be a special or also it meant the gathering of the people that were there. So it would be a worship song, a celebration song, something like that. But we see this idea of choirs in other places as well. So the first one is that I want to mention today is 1 Chronicles 15. And this is where they're moving the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. And I'm going to start at uh, verse 16. And it says, David also ordered the Levite, the priest, the Levites are the priest tribe, to appoint a choir of Levites who were singers and musicians to sing joyful songs to the accompaniment of harps, lyres, and cymbals. So all Israel brought up the Ark of the Lord's Covenant with shouts of joy and blowing of ram's horns and trumpets, the crashing of cymbals, and the loud playing on harps and lyres. If you think about that for a minute, there's a lot going on there, and it is joyful and loud and dancing. It sounds pretty amazing to me. So I think one of the other ideas is in Nehemiah 12. So we see in Nehemiah that he, Nehemiah goes and sees that the walls of Jerusalem have broken down, and he gets the blessing of the king to go and repair them. So starting in um, verse 27, they go to a dedication service of the walls that they have succeeded in rebuilding them. It says, and they were to take part in their joyous occasion, so this is what Nehemiah instructed them to do, with their songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. So, will you see then that Jesus came and fulfilled the law? And what that did is it made us the priests, right? That back then they had the Levite priests that were the leaders. But now we see in 1 Peter 2, 5 through 9, and you, all y'all, are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the meditation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. You, all y'all, are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So now we have the responsibility and the blessing to be the priests. So, every follower, oops, sorry, I just, just left you in the cold with that one. Every follower or disciple of Jesus can be part of an earthly choir and a heavenly choir at the same time. So let's talk about what I mean, because when we worship together, like we did already this morning, we are a mirror, a reflection of what's happening on, in heaven right now. The same time that we were singing, heaven was singing. So we are a reflection of that. So let's, let's look into this a little further. So 
Revelations 5, 11-12. Then I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then in Hebrews, we see... It's talking about comparing how the Israelites came before the mountain and saw God's presence in the form of light and clouds. And but he's talking about now that Jesus is here and we have a personal relationship with God. Hebrews 12, 20 says, 22 says, You have come to Mount Zion, city of our God, heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. How many big numbers have you heard already this morning? Innumerable, millions. Think about what that sounds like. What does that heavenly choir sound like? Here's another really amazing part of this. That this church choir, this biblical idea of church choir that we're talking about is that Jesus is going to get involved. So Hebrews 2, 10 through 12, God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them or you, his brothers and sisters. For he said to God, this is Jesus, I will proclaim your name to my brother and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. Jesus worships with us. Something else that if you think about for a minute is pretty amazing. That when we worship together on Sunday, Jesus is here with us. So another title for today's message might be An Invitation to Participation and the Power of Song. So now today I want to talk about something that's different than your own personal worship time with God one-on-one in your car, in your shower, wherever else (laughs) you may worship God. This is corporate Sunday morning worship, okay? So, again, we talk about how every disciple and follower of Jesus is a priest, offering spiritual sacrifice and service in worship. So let's go back to 1 Peter 2.9 again. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for this great honor. That's all of us. What about Hebrews 13, 15, and 16? Let us together, (laughs) let us offer up the sacrifices of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, using our voice, our mouth, giving thanks to his name. Good church choir. Sounds good. I like it. 
All right, so what does this type of church choir worship do? So we talk about that heaven does it, we talk about that us on earth should do it, but what does it do? Is there something that it does other than glorify God? Because that's its ultimate purpose, right? The sacrifice of praise, thanksgiving, the things that we do to worship God because he's good, because he's gracious, because he gave his one and only son, because he loves us. But there's more to it than just that. So we're going to dig a little deeper today. We've been talking about worship for several weeks now, and we're going to go even further. Worship, there is a song of battle. So we're going to read from 2 Chronicles 20. And it says, Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord, praising him for his holy splendor. (laughs) And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. He, his faithful love endures forever. Now listen to this. At the very moment that they begin to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. Worship can cause confusion in the enemy's camp, right? Okay. <laughs> the armies of Moab and Ammon. Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. They broke their promises. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Think about that. God tells you to go into battle and tells you to put the choir first. I'm sorry, but I think I'd rather have a bow or a sword or something, right? That's what you put them first. But God said, put your choir first, put your worship first. And then before they even got to the battle that they thought was coming, when they got there, it was all taken care of. God did it for them. Isn't that beautiful? All right, well, how about Psalms 149? Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praises in the assembly of the faithful. O Israel, rejoice in your maker. O people of Jerusalem, exalt in your king. Praise his name with dancing accompanied by tambourine and harp. For the Lord delights in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let the faithful rejoice that he honors them. Let them sing for joy as they lie on their beds. Let them the praises of God be in their mouths and a short, sharp sword in their hand. So we can also see that later it talks about the sword being the word of God too, right? So you can see this posture, this idea of one hand worship to God, the other hand holding the word of God, our strong foundation. And that's, that's how we do battle. So what about another thing? What else does worship do? Worship can be a song of breakthrough. 
Psalms 32, 7, for you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. When I think of this, I think of times where, and I've talked with you guys about this before, where I used to deal with fear a lot. And I think about times where I was afraid. And I would remember this verse, because we had a song when I was little that was just straight up this verse. (laughs) And um, the idea of me hiding in God, and that he was surrounding me singing songs of victory over fear. And I'm telling you, fear can't stand in that. It has to go. God can sing songs of victory over you and through you and make your fear and anxiety go. A song of breakthrough. Well, how about Isaiah 12, 2-3? See, God has come to save me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has given me the victory. Let's go to the New Testament. So this is the story of Paul and Silas being put in prison. This is not just the story of them literally breaking through prison, right? The angel comes, there's an earthquake, I mean, and then literally breaks down the walls and they're able to go. But it is a breakthrough of the gospel. So Acts 16, I'm just going to read part of it. It's 16 through 34 is the whole thing, but I'm going to start at verse 25. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. No earthquake does that. (laughs) God did that part of it, right? The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open, and he assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. He knew he was in trouble. That was his job, to take care of him, and he knew something happened, and he was probably going to get killed by someone else. He'd rather do it himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We're all here! The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Listen, sir, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. They'd been beaten. And he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. And he brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Midnight baptisms. Love it. The power of song brought in the action of God Almighty, who caused an earthquake and took the chains off of the prisoners and set them free and brought salvation. There's a spiritual battle that we can't see. And our worship of God can influence this battle. So I want to tell you a story my own life to give you an example of this, of the power that worship can have. 
So ever since I was very young, I've been very sensitive to the presence of the Holy Spirit, but also to the presence of evil spirits. And one day I was walking our dog turtle and in Hamden here, and I went down the street I'd never been down before. I think I'd been down every other street but this one. And I turned the corner and started walking, and as soon as I took like three steps into, into that part of the street, there was a presence that was oppressive, that was heavy, that was dark. And it shocked me because I had not felt it until I turned this corner. And so I, can, I just kept walking and I was asking God, what, what is happening? So I walked down the whole block and then I headed home. And I know from experience that I don't do anything until God tells me to do it. So I waited. About three weeks later, on my own, I was taking time and I was worshiping. And I had spent probably an hour worshiping. And the Holy Spirit said to me, go now. And so I went, put my coat on, and walked down to that street. And I stood on the corner, and I started worshiping God out loud. And I started walking down that street. And about the same point that I hit, where I had felt that presence, I could feel it again. But when I hit that point, praising Jesus and his blood, it lifted and it was gone. Worship is battle. Worship is breakthrough. And I know that's, we're talking about corporate worship here today, and that's just me, but I've also been in services where corporate worship has brought miracles. No one laying hands on someone. Just someone, God, you're here. Touch me. And he did. I've seen people delivered of alcoholism, drug addiction, of anxiety and fear just because they are interacting with God in a corporate setting. Worship brings breakthrough. So there's also in scripture the songs of miracle births. And so I'm going to just touch on some of these. This is Isaiah 54, 1 through 3. Sing, O childless woman, you who have never given birth. Break into loud and joyful songs, O Jerusalem. You who've never been in labor, for the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. And I would say today that that is a natural thing, but it's also a spiritual thing. That God wants us to have the idea of enlarging who we are as a church. Enlarging who you are as an individual. Remembering you are a son of God, a daughter of God. And that one of the most beautiful things that we get to do on earth is bring other people into the salvation of Jesus, right? Into that recognition that God loves them, that he cares for them, and to join with them as they grow in his love. And so enlarge our spiritual tents. 
speak truth and love to other people so that they also can experience worship. All right, we see in 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 10, this song of Hannah's praise. So this is after she has Samuel, right? She dedicates him to the Lord in the temple, and she sings a song in her time. I'm not going to go through all of this, um, but it's on the nose as well. Um, and, um, and then also another song of miracle birth is Luke 1, 46 to 55, the song of Mary. Um, and how she is praising God for the miracle of Jesus, right? So this can also be the songs of miracle birth and purpose, right? And we have seen miracle births in this church. And I believe that in the life of the church ongoing, we will continue to see miracle birth, both spiritual and natural. So... The Lord wants us to expand our scope and understanding of worship to move us closer to Him. That's why we've been talking about this, right? The whole, the main purpose of us digging into this idea of worship is so that we can get closer to God. He wants to move us from an observer to a worship choir member, right? Part of the Sunday morning church choir. He wants to move us to a place of bold faith where we boldly sing in battle for breakthrough and as an instrument to release new life. We did that this morning. Several of the songs, and Shaquetta, when she wrote the list, did not know that this is what I was going to be talking about today. And she chose songs that were battle songs. Did you guys catch that? I think the Holy Spirit might be saying something today. I love it. All right. So, we had the opportunity in life group the last couple of weeks. I was in both life groups, and we talked a lot about worship. And we talked about um, the importance in the state of our heart. That's more important than anything. Where is your heart between you and God? Um, discussion on the idea of church doing things together, like clapping, kneeling, singing, lifting hands at the same time. Um, we talked about, Ben talked about on a Sunday morning about the idea of, are you a hypocrite on a Sunday morning if you're not feeling it or saying something's going on in your worship? If you, if you haven't listened to all of these messages, you need to go back and listen to them because these are all really important. And we've been talking a lot about just kind of some of the mechanics too, right? And so... There's that that's important, but there's this other idea. So I'm going to tell you another story. My sister came to visit us, and we decided to go to Greenmount Cemetery because it's super fun to walk around and look at headstones. <laughs> and you can find amazing things about families and about lives. There's so much history listed there. And it was also just beautiful. And while we were looking around, this gentleman came up to us and he said, I'm not from around here, but can you tell me a place where I can eat lunch? And so we started talking to him and found out that he was a sports photographer. And so I asked him, what does that look like? And he says, well, people pay me and fly me and put me up to photograph sports events. So he has been to every major sporting event that you can think of, soccer, baseball, horse racing, the Olympics, 
hockey, all of it, car races, he's been to every event for years. Cool job. <laughs> and um, so I was thinking about all these events, and I said, of all those things that you've been to, which event is your favorite? And without a pause, he said, the Kentucky Derby. And I said, why? Are you a major horse racing fan? I mean, of all the things, that's not what I expected him to say. And he said, because for about two minutes, everybody in the place, thousands of people are on their feet, screaming, yelling, hands in the air, waving their programs, leaning forward, jumping up and down all at once with an intensity that is rivaled nowhere else. He said, because if you go to a football game, if your team scores, you're going to scream. If the other team scores, you might boo or you might say nothing at all. And if your team is really far ahead and you know they're going to win, your yay is kind of a little lackluster, right? You're still excited, but it's not the same as <laughs> when they get the winning kick or something like that. So he said that that couple of minutes with the intensity of everyone, every fiber of their being, every part of their emotions, their mind is reaching towards these horses on the field and cheering on their favorite. That is why I like it. In my lifetime, I have been in a lot of worship services, a lot. You remember, I was born on a Sunday morning. My mom was in labor during the service. I have been in so many. And not just our home churches, but in other churches traveling or visiting other places. So I've been in services where no one worships. I've been in services where three people worship. And I've been in services where everybody worships. positive peer pressure, with the idea of I can sing as loud as I want or raise my hands as high as I want because I know everyone else is doing it and I don't need to worry about what they're thinking about because their focus is on God. It's amazing and if you have not experienced that yet, that has been my heart's cry for you. I pray for that for you all the time. I pray that our church will become that. Why? Because it brings breakthrough. It brings power in God. It brings us closer to Him. One, one morning a week, one morning a week, we get to come together and be the church choir. That's it. One. In heaven, we get to do it whenever we want. But here on earth, other than special times, we do it one time a week. So real quickly before we close, I want to talk about what do we do about this? Prepare to be a part of the church choir. <laughs> Listen to 
to the Holy Spirit beforehand. On Sunday mornings, I wake up and I turn on worship music. I do often during the week as well, but Sunday mornings, I have a conversation with the Holy Spirit. What's, in, what's between me and you? And listen to what he might say. When we drive in in the morning, we have worship music going and we pray. That's our family part of getting ready for worship. Um, we also will listen to the worship set sometimes during the week and worship with it. If you have access to the planning center, if you're in a volunteer and on one of the rotations, you can see the sets and you can worship with them during the week too to prepare your heart so that when you get here, you know the songs already. <laughs> it's just easier practically. Um, okay, and then come early. Ben mentioned this last week. Come at 8.45 and be a part of the worship team practicing or sit in a pew and have a conversation with the Holy Spirit. And before you come at the beginning of worship, again, ask the Holy Spirit if there's anything between you and God. If you come in with a burden, if you come in with bitterness, if you come in with unforgiveness, if you come in with a whatever, we want you to come with that. We want you to be here, no matter what you're feeling inside. But before you enter into the worship, have a moment where you just say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I don't feel right. I'm angry, whatever. Let the Holy Spirit interact with you. And during the worship service, listen to the Holy Spirit. What is he asking you to do in the worship service? He knows what you need, and he knows how to get it to you. But sometimes we gotta listen and then obey. saying there aren't times where it just is hard to worship, right? There are days where I do not feel good or I'm exhausted. Most Saturday nights I do not sleep well. So most Sunday mornings I'm pretty, pretty rough. So I get that. Or something really difficult is happening in your life. So maybe just being here this morning is your worship. Maybe physically you can't because of exhaustion, injury, physical issues. Yeah, you know, you've seen Ben sit up here, point you out, with his long haul COVID and just sit and, I don't know if you can see him, but he would have his hands like in his lap, open, and that was all the energy that he has. Or maybe, like I said, you've come with a burden and it's heavy. What I'm trying to say, though, is in spite of all this, the humanness that matters, what is the Holy Spirit saying for you? Just showing up is all you got? Maybe go get prayer from someone and a hug. And then maybe sit there like bended with hands on your legs interacting. And then maybe you'll get to this point. Maybe you physically can it's okay. What would the Holy Spirit say for you that morning that you can do? With He knows your physical limitations, but what is He saying that you can do today that will help you and praise God? What about coming with a burden? Again, get prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit what you should do. Maybe you need to kneel 
in surrender. There's so many options. What might happen if all of us took another step in this? What breakthrough might we see? What miracles might we experience? And what salvations will we get to be a part of? Let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we adore you. And even though there are so many challenges in this room today, there have also been miracles. There has also been breakthrough. reside in our homes, our families, our finances. 
finances. May you give us wisdom where we need it. And God, I thank you for the times where we get to hang out together. Sunday mornings and the kids sing this afternoon and whatever else is planned this week, Lord, may we be filled with your presence and filled with joy. Thank you for my church family. In the name of Jesus, amen.